Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes where we discuss the history of the New York Yankees. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes show is as always to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history because there are a lot of great moments um, that the Yankees have had and there's a lot of things that you can go back in uh, in, in Yankee history and, and you can just discuss and it's just kind of fun to, to do that at least from my perspective. Um, again, my name is Brian, and I've been a diehard Yankees fan since I was about seven years old. Um, today's episode is on a is going to be a profile on the career of Derek Sanderson Jeter. Um, so, getting into it right away, uh, Derek Jeter was born June 26, 1974. Of course, um, the PA announcer for the Yankees at the time of Derek Jeter when he played for the Yankees was Bob Shepard, and the public address announcer. Of course, if you're not familiar with baseball, um, Bob Shepard um, was the PA announcer and his job was to announce whenever the pitcher came into the game or the hitter came into the game and he would always do it in the same voice every single time the same way, which is very much how they're all always done um, around the league. Um, but anyways, he has a very, he's one of those iconic uh, public address announcers and a lot of times it's just the voice that in the stadium that you never don't really hear. Um, but again, uh, of course, and um, when Bob Shepard, uh, when he had retired because he had some health issues and he, he was the basically his entire life, he was the public address announcer. Um, and uh, um, uh, when he retired, Derek Jeter kept the recording. He had Bob Shepard record it so that he could play it for Jeter's entire career, um, even when Bob Shepard was retired. Um, so that uh, that's one thing that immediately kind of kind of Jeter is kind of linked to in, in Yankees history. Actually, so Derek Jeter is like he's the last player to ever be announced by Bob Shepard. And I guess the only th thing I'm reason why I'm really bringing that up is because uh, Bob Shepard has an announced other players, great players like Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, uh, Yogi Berra, Roger Maris, um, and on and on and on. Um, so. I mean, it's, it's and he's like he was the last player to ever be um, announced in a major league game by Bob Shepard. So moving on, Derek Jeter. He was uh, grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. He was born in New Jersey, of course. Um, I guess his grandmother was a big, big Yankees fan, and that's what really turned him on to the Yankees. Um, if you're familiar with the Yankeeography that uh, the Yes Network did um, a, a quite a few years ago, uh, very good, by the way. You should definitely check that out. But if you're familiar with that, you know about the story of Derek Jeter and how uh, when he was, I think it was like seven years old or something like that, he ran into his parents' bedroom um, and I, I, he, he told them he wanted to be the shortstop for the New York Yankees. Um, I forget exactly the specific, exactly what he said, but um, that, but anyways, uh, the, so that's kind of where the dream started for Derek Jeter. And, um, and one thing about his parents, uh, Dr. Charles Jeter and Dr. And, uh, Dorothy Jeter, um, his mom and dad, uh, his dad was a doctor and I guess his dad never let him win anything um, because he wanted to, to show him that, you know, life is difficult sometimes, you know, and you have to, you have to kind of work to, uh, to, to achieve things. And that's kind of how, um, Derek Jeter, I guess, became so grounded and just, uh, had so much work ethic. Um, so anyways, we'll start with that. Um, also, I guess another thing I learned about that, uh, about Derek Jeter from the Yes Network's Yankeeography was, I guess, they had contracts. Either it was from the Yes Network Yankeeography or um, Derek Jeter's also written quite a few books or, I guess, co-written, I guess, 
if you will. Uh, it probably wasn't him that wrote it, but I mean, it was about his life anyway. Uh, and I, I guess he had contracts for like school from his parents that uh, his parents would basically give him and his sister certain things that they had to do, or they would um, they wouldn't be able to do certain things. Um, like they had to maintain a certain GPA and and that way that would, but it was to keep them in line with their goals and keep them out of trouble and not getting into drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. And anyways, so moving on, Dirk he had a very grounded um, childhood and uh, he, of course, ended up being very good at baseball. And I guess he ended up, he had like a bunch of cousins. He was like the youngest one, um, at least according to the Yankeeography. And, and I guess he, um, um, you know, he, he really had obviously from his dad, never letting him win anything really like even board games and stuff. Um, it, it that probably just really kind of helped. You could see why Derek Jeter is the way he was. Like he always just he wanted to do his best no matter what. And and um, if the, if the Yankees were down five nothing or if they're if they're winning ten to nothing, it didn't matter. He was always giving it his all no matter what, even if he was hurt or if it didn't matter. Um, but anyways, uh, starting from the beginning of his career, Derek Jeter was drafted in 1992 from Kalamazoo Central High School. He was the sixth overall pick in the first round of the draft. Um, the scout that drafted him was Dick Roach. Uh, Derek Jeter was projected as an average hitter and he had average power, very good speed, above average base runner, arm strength and accuracy. Um, was also above average, and his fielding was also considered above average, according to Dick um, Grotch as well. Um, and also, I guess he was considered a pull hitter at that time. Of course, at that time, he was a high school baseball player. So, um, you know, at that time, high school baseball players, like like a lot of times, the younger you are, the, it's more natural to pull the ball. And sometimes, like, hitting the ball the other way is kind of considered, I think it's considered more of an art. And it's it's a little bit trickier to do, Um to like, you have to be a really good hitter to do it, and of course, Derek Jeter ended up becoming one of the best at taking the ball the other way. Um, and I'm sure he was able to do it then too, but he, I'm sure, got a lot better at it as he got older, of course, and um, just just got more confident in himself. Um, but uh, another thing that I found from his scouting report and um, his aggressiveness, Dick Roach, um, I guess uh, he had put that Derek Jeter had average to slightly above average base running. Um, and that's kind of interesting too, because Derek Jeter, um, was a, everyone, like from what I've heard from all like the, uh, color analysts on the Yes Network and broadcasters, they all always say uh, what a great base runner he was. And he, and he really was a great base runner. He had great instincts on the bases and really in the field too, like the, the flip play in Oakland. Um, and, uh, I think it was game two, no, no game three. Yeah. Game three in Oakland. Um, cause the Yankees were down 2-0. And Derek Jeter, you know, Shane Spencer making the uh, the throw to the, uh, missing the cutoff man. Derek Jeter comes out of nowhere, uh, past the pitcher, past the first baseline, and just shoving it to the catcher and making the out and getting Jeremy Giambi out at home plate. Um, so that that's just one of the uh, shows his instincts. Um, also, he had a slightly to a, an average to slightly above average hitting it and fielding as well. I guess. Um, you know, when he was, this was when he was in high school. Uh, Dick Gracha also said that he had good habits. Um, he was a smart baseball player and kind of like what I was saying about him being just very smart and just knowing where to be at all times. And that's just something you can't, there's some things that you just can't really teach. And uh, instincts is definitely one of them. And that's one of the things that Derek Jeter had. Dedication. Um, he had excellent dedication he put on his scouting report. 
excellent agility, which of course, being a shortstop, um, that's something you really need, of course. Um, and emotional, emotional maturity was excellent as well. And that's something that's really not surprising uh, at all. When you think of Derek Jeter, you think of a class act and just, he's just always just, um, he, he's, he's, um, definitely the player that you want your kids or, or grandkids or, or whatever, or niece or nephews to, um, to, to just grow up and, and idolize and cause Derek Jeter was a, a class act all the way. So, um, uh, as far as physical maturity, I guess, I mean, this is something that, that I guess they, I guess they throw the, I guess, I guess they pretty much do everything in scouting reports that Derek, Derek Jeter was at the, that time in his career. And I mean, he was coming out of high school. So he was, he was six foot three. I guess he was only 175 pounds. So he was, he was tall and very lanky and skinny kind of, um, but so of course, but he ended up filling out, of course. Anyways, uh, so moving on, uh, some more stuff. He had a quick bat, slightly long swing, is what Dick Roch said, which I guess is, I mean, in his career, I guess maybe he did might had might have had a slightly slightly long swing, but of of course this was coming out of high school, so I'm sure, you know, he definitely he definitely uh, had a lot more compact swing when uh, he was back up, of course. Um, and I guess he even put that Derek Jeter was kind of an anxious hitter and he kind of put it in quotations, which is kind of interesting because I guess maybe that's maybe because Derek Jeter was, he was kind of an aggressive hitter at times, even though he did have a good eye at the plate, he wasn't afraid to swing at the first pitch. And sometimes that's actually, that can be a good thing. And of course it can be a bad thing, of course, because like if you swing at too many pitches that are out of the zone, but you need to be patient though too. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a give and take a little bit, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, some comments by Yank, by uh, the Yankee scout, Dick Grotch, um, on Derek Jeter's scouting report, which I kind of found pretty fascinating, is that he's, he called Derek Jeter a Yankee and an MLB star and a 5 tool player as well, which that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, I mean, in some ways it kind of surprised me, and in some ways it makes a lot of sense because he kind of was a five-tool player. I mean, you don't really think of Derek Jeter as a as a home run hitter, but he was able. He did have a couple years, like '99, and I think like 2000, 2003 or 2004 or so, where he hit over 20 home runs. I believe. I think it was only those two years. Um, it was just two years in his career. I believe he had over 20 home runs, but typically he wasn't really much of a power hitter, but it wasn't really his job anyway. Um, and, and he actually did a really good job at like just hitting, uh, taking the ball from the inside part of the plate and just hitting the ball the other way, which is a very hard thing for any major league hitter to do. Um, but anyways, moving on. So of course, and uh, I think it was 90, 93, I think was the first year in the minor leagues for Derek Jeter. Actually 92. I th- yeah, I think he went right to go- the Gulf coast league in Tampa um, that year was his worst year of his career, I guess, and even in the Yankeeography um, from the S Network that they did on Derek Jeter, um, they, they even uh, Derek Jeter even says himself that 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 was the worst year of his career, as he said he, to this to that day when they were doing the Yankeeography, which was in the middle of his career, he, uh, he said that 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 was that was that that was probably the toughest. He thinks that's the toughest time of anybody's career, really, because you're just—it's the first time you're coming from high school or college, and just going and playing against professional baseball players, um, and everybody's is like the best in the world. So, I mean, he actually made 56 errors in that first year at shortstop, 
and I guess he even, um, well, I don't know if they were all at shortstop, but I would imagine they probably were mostly at shortstop because um, I don't think he played any other positions with the Yankees in there. I'm not sure about the minor leagues, though. But regardless, though, I guess he even thought about quitting, actually. And this is from the Yankeeography, of course. Um, uh, and it's been talked about many times, too. Um, his dad, actually, I, I guess his dad and his mom, too, I'm sure, uh, talked him out of it and and um, they, they just basically told him that, you know, he had a dream and, you know, like you don't want to give up on your dream. And and they, they just kind of got him to uh, to focus on his goal and 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 um, and just keep going through with it. And uh, it kind of seemed like they kind of really wanted him to just push through it. And because they knew he was going to regret if he didn't if he didn't um, go through with it and, and if he had quit. Um, so then, in 1993 and 1994, he went from high single A to triple A. Uh, he batted 3.44 at all three levels, and I guess he had a combined 50 stolen bases at all three levels as well. Um, and and um, Derek Jeter's not really considered a, a stolen base um, threat. I mean, he wasn't really like a uh, like a speed demon. Like you don't think of him as like Ricky Henderson, but he does have a lot of speed. And of course, this was the minor leagues as well. And um, you know. You, you, um, of course, he was a lot younger as well, too. But anyways, so Derek Jeter really skyrocketed through the Yankees organization. Um, he actually made his Major League debut the very next year, May 29th, 1995. It was only for a couple games. Um, the first game he played, uh, was, uh, was um, he went 0-5 in Seattle in the Kingdom. Um, so he didn't get a hit in that game. And I believe he was only up because somebody was hurt. I can't remember if it was Mike Gallego or Tony Fernandez, but it was one of those two. Um, and then the next game, May 30th, 1995, uh, because first hit off of Tim Belcher, right-handed pitcher for the uh, Seattle Mariners. He um, was a journeyman pitcher. He, he had, I believe he had pitched for the Kansas City Royals. Um, I think he's been around, he, he, went, he was around the league quite a bit. Um, but anyways, Tim Belcher was the pitcher he got his first hit off of, uh, which was a single ground ball to left field, um, which skirted between the shortstop and the third baseman. And he actually scored um, uh, on on one of the next at-bats. Uh, Jim Leiris got a double, and Derek Jeter scored. Um, so that was his first time on the bases and uh, and first time at-bat. So that was his first hit for the Yankees um, and uh, the, his first time getting a cross-home plate as well. Um, and then after that, Derek Jeter ended up getting sent down eventually. Um, and uh, I think a big part of that, too, was Mariano Rivera, who was also... Um, got sent up, caught up with the to the Yankees um, in 1995. At the same time, Derek Jeter got caught up in 1995, and Rivera actually was a starter, a starting pitcher then. And um, I guess he had a, a I, he had one game that was really good. I, I think, but I think it came later on when he came back. But when uh, Mariano came up, he really didn't play well at all. Um, Jeter wasn't really expecting to stay anyway, but he ended up getting sent down as along with Mariano. Um, and of course, Mariano Rivera ended up coming back up later on and he actually ended up starting again and pitching, I think eight innings, it was like two hits and might have been like one run against the White Sox at Yankee Stadium. But of course he ended up being more of a relief pitcher that year. And, uh, Derek Jeter did end up coming back up to the Yankees when the 40 man roster expanded, but he didn't really, he didn't play, um, in September, um, that 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 year was the first year in a long time the Yankees had finally gotten into the playoffs. They were in a, a pen, they were in a pennant race in September, so they really needed to um, 
to win as many games as they could, and they didn't really like like they didn't really want to. They didn't know what they had really in Derek Jeter yet. Um, even though they had, they knew he was gonna. They knew he could be really good. That they had, they knew that they had something with Derek Jeter, but they um, they didn't know what they had yet. But anyways, so in the playoffs in '95, Derek Jeter, he was even invited to come in and uh, just basically sit in the dugout. Uh, for the postseason against the Mariners in the American League Division Series, because the Yankees were the wild card team, the first wild card team ever, actually. Um, and uh, so Derek Jeter was there, even though he didn't play, he wasn't on the roster in the postseason. But I guess he was able to just be in the dugout and just kind of uh, soak up the atmosphere. And I think even uh, Jorge Posada was there too. Um, but so that that was basically just the start of Derek Jeter's uh, brilliant twenty. Uh, brilliant 20-year career um but the very next year 1996 in spring training um Derek Jeter actually struggled a lot in spring training I guess and Tony Fernandez was supposed to be the opening day shortstop for the Yankees um he was the guy that they were depending on um and he ended up getting hurt so the Yankees kind of thought they were in a little bit of trouble and I guess the Yankees even thought about trading Mariano Rivera for Felix Fermin um who was a shortstop um, I think it was for the Indians at the time. I'm not positive though, but I guess that would have ended up leading to a trade um, to trade Derek Jeter away as well. But um, and actually, this was back b- before '96. This was like in the middle of 1995 or so. Uh, but um, anyways, so Rivera that the Yankees didn't go through with the trade for Felix Fermin by trading Rivera, which would have led to a trade trading Derek Jeter. But they didn't, they didn't do it because at the time Mariano Rivera. Um, you know, in the minor leagues, I guess he went down to the minor leagues and uh, he had had shoulder surgery or arm, some kind of arm surgery. And, and all of a sudden he was just, uh, I guess, whatever was had healed, um, his arm was feeling a lot better all of a sudden. And he just started pitching a lot better. He was throwing a lot harder, had more movement. Um, I think the the cutter too was really a pitch that he had been working on before, but it was really moving a lot more and, and they had to bring him up. Of course, they didn't trade Jeter or Rivera. And, uh, and of course, 96, like I was saying, Tony Fernandez got hurt. Even though Derek Jeter struggled, they kind of were stuck with Derek Jeter. They didn't have anybody else. So, And they, they, they liked Derek Jeter. They thought he could be a good player, but they just didn't know how good he would be. So they gave him a shot, and um, it was a great thing that they did. Of course, future Hall of Famer. I mean, he is a Hall of Famer, um, even though he hasn't had his induction yet, of course. But he will be having his induction as, of course, like, of course, last year he was um, voted into the Hall of Fame. Um, but uh, anyways, that that will happen soon, I'm sure, next year or maybe the next year or the year after. Anyways, uh, game one of the regular season in 1996, uh, he, they were playing in Cleveland against the Cleveland Indians. Um, that was the fir- first game of the year. Uh, first at bat. Derek Jeter had was against El Presidente, um, right-handed pitcher Dennis Martinez. El Presidente was his nickname. Um, I believe he was uh, Puerto Rican or Dominican. I'm not not positive, but anyways, uh, Derek Jeter um, he was caught out on strikes in his first at bat. Second at bat comes up against uh, the same pitcher Dennis Martinez, um, and Derek Jeter hits a home run line drive to left field over the little wall in Cleveland, um, and uh, and that's basically how his career started. And it actually is kind of interesting too how uh, Phil Rizzuto, who at the time was, uh, you know, he was a famous uh, play-by-play announcer as well as a Hall of Fame shortstop in, in his own right as well, a Hall of Fame broadcaster and shortstop, really. But 
it's kind of cool how, you know, Phil Rizzuto, who was really the greatest Yankee shortstop of that time, was calling the game as Derek Jeter. Uh, you know, that was his, that was basically like his, his, that was definitely his breakout year in 96. Um, and, you know, um, so, so it was kind of like, it was kind of cool to see Phil Rizzuto talking about Derek Jeter. And I guess Phil Rizzuto and Derek Jeter also had a great relationship from what I uh, have remember hearing and, and stuff. But anyways, uh, Derek Jeter, of course, went on to win the Rookie of the Year in 1996. Played 157 games that year. Had 104 runs scored, 183 hits, 28, 25 doubles, 10 home runs, and 78 RBIs. And he hit 314 with a 101 on-base plus slugging adjusted, which is basically, um, if you're not familiar with OPS plus or on-base plus slugging adjusted, it's just 100 basically um, is average for for a player just of getting on base, slugging, um, and just just basically everything you can do is offensively. So he was basically an average hitter, I guess you could say. But at the same time, though, he, he considering he was a rookie um, and hitting three fourteen as well, like that uh, that just the, the the Yankees were obviously that that was more than the Yankees expected um, out of him because they really didn't know what to expect from Derek Jeter. Obviously, that was his rookie year. And um, of course, he went on. I uh, had a, one of the, his biggest moments, and still to this day, probably one of his biggest moments was, I think, just, yeah, probably, probably even the first biggest moment of his career in the postseason, uh, the home run in the ALCS, of course, against Armando Benitez that he hit to right field in the eighth inning. Uh, Jeffrey Mayer, uh, the kid Jeffrey Mayer, reaches over the fence, uh, and you could so you could see if you look at the replay, he did go over a little bit and and he got it but at that time though there was no replay in baseball so I mean it, it, it is what it is but um anyways it's, it's just at the time too though of course Yankee Stadium and uh you know the Yankees kind of still had that even though they hadn't won in a long time um like when things things always just seem to happen and even though it was kind of the opposite of the Red Sox, because the Red Sox obviously had the curse of the Bambino. So, anyways, it was just kind of they, they like people. Some people would call it the the uh, Yankee Yankee mystique, if you will, or or whatever. But, um, anyways, it was just it was just kind of a it was just a really good start to his career, and it just kind of was like um, it showed the promise and showed basically kind of like foreshadowing his his entire postseason career. Um, and um, and it just like the, the um, like like Derek Jeter like even when he was a rookie like you didn't ever really think I didn't really ever think of him as a rookie I mean um, but I, I mean I, I, I was younger too I was a I was a kid when I when Derek Jeter was playing but at the same time though too like uh, like Derek Jeter never really seemed like a uh, like a young rookie he never like he always just he he went in there he played he hustled and he did what he needed to do to help the Yankees. Um, uh, moving on, of course, Derek Jeter, he had that patented uh, famous jump throw. I, and actually, that was the the fa- famous jump throw that he had where he um, used to... Uh, he was pretty much... I, there were other guys that did it as well, but he was the one guy that really, like, he really seemed to perfect it. Um, and and uh, where he used to be in the shortstop hole, uh, be a ground ball between shortstop and third base, and uh, Derek Jeter would uh, go to his right and and um, toward the third baseman, and the ball would go pretty much to the grass area, I guess, uh, the or like the end, the beginning of the grass in the outfield. He would get the ball with his backhand, with his glove hand, 
um, then you would basically have to kind of like jump uh, on one foot and in, in, in the air, throw the ball. And, you know, Derek Jeter had a great arm strength and he and pretty good arm accuracy as well. Um, very good arm accuracy. And he, he was able to make that play like, like really nobody else was able to before. And I'm, I'm sure, uh, like I said, there were other guys who were able to do that um, as well. But Derek Jeter really, um, he really... Uh, he was really, really, really very good at that um, uh, jump throw, and there are a lot of players that even playing today that really like. You see a lot of players with a lot of shortstops wearing number two. Like I believe Sander Bogarts wears number two. Um, uh, Troy Tulowitzki. I don't think he wore. I'm not sure if he wore number two for the Rockies, but I know he was a big fan of Derek Jeter's, and and he he had he's admitted that. Um, obviously, when he played for the Yankees in his short time, Troy Tulowitzki. Um, he had even talked about Derek Jeter a lot, and obviously people had known about Troy Tulowitzki being such a big fan of Derek Jeter. I believe he did wear number two in Colorado as well. Um, however, moving on, uh, Derek Jeter in his first seven straight seasons, uh, from 1996 to 2002, Derek Jeter played 148 games or more, which is it just kind of shows it's the just it just shows how how like how much. He like how much how hard he worked and just how much he really wanted to stay in the game no matter what and it didn't matter if he was hurt or what like he 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 just wanted to help the Yankees win and that was the number one goal um for Derek Jeter um uh, Derek Jeter his first All Star appearance was came in 1998 um he was third in the MVP that year as well um he went to five straight All Star games um I believe from 98 to 2002 or so something something like that um off the top of my head uh. Ed, Derek Jeter, uh, another thing I mentioned before, but Derek Jeter had, was a great leader. Um, even like I said, from 1996 on, he, he uh, like it didn't really seem like he was a rookie. He was he was uh, he was like basically just a veteran. Um, and I mean, obviously, I'm sure he had a learning curve. I'm sure there were like a lot of some veterans. I guess there were, Tim Range was a guy that Derek Jeter was really close with um, in '96. And I guess he really kind of showed Derek Jeter the right way to do things and stuff and to be a professional. And Derek Jeter really took to that. And like even in the post-game interviews, the pregame, his pregame preparation, just how hard he worked, um, that, that that's like that's how you can tell uh, how great of a leader someone is. And definitely Derek Jeter fits into that because Derek Jeter, whenever he was in the post-game, he was always at his locker um, like he wasn't there making excuses or anything. He just he just sat his locker and just um just just took all the questions in and and like he might not have answered everything uh you know the the way that people might have liked sometimes, but he just he just answered it. Um, I mean he did like Derek Jeter would just he so even in, in post game interviews Derek Jeter, I mean that that and like he, the fact that he was always at his locker um and he was always. Um, you know, just taking questions, and even if he didn't give the media everything, because he really didn't always give the media a whole lot to talk about, he would just tell them exactly what he what he wanted to say, and like if he didn't want to really, like he wouldn't really go too much into it. Um, but because sometimes as a player, there's certain things that they they don't really want to give away and stuff like that. But anyways, so Derek Jeter, I mean, just the way that he dealt with uh, dealt with the post game, the media. Um, and just the clubhouse and uh, his preparation and how hard he worked. I mean, that shows how, how great of a captain he was, which he was named in 2003. I believe it was June of 2003 as the captain of the Yankees. 
Um, and like even before Derek Jeter was captain, he didn't need to be named the captain to be the captain. He was already a leader. So I mean, it was just kind of it just kind of happened like that. Kind of like Don Mattingly, if you if you will, like Don Mattingly, everyone on the Yankees. Um, they, they, you could tell every the the entire team, the fans, everyone loved Don Mattingly, and you could you, you could see that because Derek Jeter. I mean, Don Mattingly, and even Derek Jeter too. Like they they're both leaders. Um, I mean, they're, they're like you could see when someone's trying to lead and help the team, and obviously Don Mattingly was a great player as well. Um, so it always helps when you're when you're a really good baseball player as well. Um, but anyways, uh, moving forward, um, Derek Jeter. Um, he, 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 uh, one of his biggest home runs. He had a, hit a clutch home run in Game Four of the 2000 World Series against the Mets. World Series MVP. He was also the All Star Game MVP. Um, and he was just seemed like he was always in the middle of uh, a lot of rallies throughout his basically throughout his entire career, and especially in the postseason, he was lucky enough to play in the postseason every year in his career except for uh, 2014, of course. Um, 2013, he really didn't, and, and I guess 2013 too, but he um, really didn't play that much in 2013. But his last two years in his career were the only years he 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 um, he missed the postseason, um, which is 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 it. In some ways, it it kind of speaks to his leadership as well. But also, I mean, they did have some very good teams, of course, earlier on. Um, but even in the middle of his of Derek Jeter's career, um, from like 2000 to 2009, they were still very good. It just Sometimes things like, like not like just because you can have the best players in the world, but you're not always gonna win, and uh, like sometimes it, it just some player sometimes it's just it, it it sometimes it takes just a little bit of luck, as well as um like like uh, it's not just all on talent. Um, however, moving on, uh, some of the biggest defensive plays Derek Jeter has made. Um, I had mentioned before the flip play in Oakland in uh in the 2001 American League Division Series. Um, the Yankees were down uh, 2 to nothing. Um, I think it was Terrence Long was at the plate. Mike Bucino was on the mound. Uh, Terrence Long rips a double down the line. Uh, Shane Spencer, who was the right fielder for the Yankees, uh, went over into the corner. He, I think he had a little bit of uh, trouble getting the ball out of right field. Uh, he ended up getting the ball out. Um, uh, Jeremy Giambi was rounding third base and going home. And, uh, of course, Spencer... Throws overthrows the cutoff man, um, uh, and and then uh, it ends up Derek Jeter I guess ends up coming out of nowhere because the ball is not going to make home plate, so it's either him or Mucina. But um, Derek Jeter came out of nowhere uh, down into the down to the first baseline, actually a little bit past the first baseline. By the time he tossed the ball over to the catcher Jorge Posada, who made a quick tag and just barely got Jeremy Giambi at home plate. And that was that was probably, and I think that's probably the best play, uh, um, uh, the best defensive play maybe in postseason history, but definitely in Derek Jeter's career in the postseason. Um, another great play was not in the postseason, but this play was also a very good play as well. One of the greatest plays I think of all time um, was was the dive in Yankee Stadium in uh, July of 2004 against the Red Sox. Trot Nixon was at the plate, uh, and I can't remember who was on the mound. So Trot Nixon falls a ball off to the uh, third base side of the of the field in Yankee Stadium, and um, it was kind of it was a pop up, um, and it looked like the ball might drop before um, the camera well uh, down near the foul line, um, but or actually 
just past the foul line because it was a foul ball. And Derek Jeter was, you didn't really think of Derek Jeter going after the ball, but it looked like A-Rod was going to get the ball. Then all of a sudden, Derek Jeter was coming faster and faster, and he just, he caught the ball at the last second, and uh, you, you could tell he was going to run into the camera well, so he ended up, Basically, he caught it, and instead of running, going over the camera well, which I guess he had done before, because um, I guess in 2001 in the World Series, I think he had done it. But um, So I, this was obviously 2004 after that, and he ended up, this time he ended up, he thought he would just go and just dive over there, and he thought if he had dove over and into the, the first seat that a, um, a fan would be able to catch him. But I, obviously it didn't work quite like that because he did get bloodied a little bit but he still made the play and hang, hung on to the ball um and that right there showed everything you need to know about Derek Jeter like just the tenacity and just the way he the his will to win and um he just he like it, it didn't matter what it took like he was going to do whatever it took to help the Yankees win a game and um and he I think he even wanted I I think if I remember right I think he still wanted to play the next game after obviously I don't think he I'm pretty sure he didn't but um but uh anyways that that's another one of the greatest plays of Derek Jeter's career the dive um another one of course the dive like I just said against the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 2000 World Series in Yankee Stadium um and the, the another one was also one of there's there was also some relay throws um, there, there are quite a few relay throws that he's made throughout his career. One was against the Mets in the World Series, and one was against the Diamondbacks. Um, and then there was the Mr. November game, of course, which the Mr. November game was just, you know, it was extra innings. And I think it was at the bottom of the 12th or something like that. I can't remember exactly. It was game four. And, uh, of course, Derek Jeter hits a walk-off home run. Um, of course, the right field, opposite field. And that's where he hit the majority of his home runs, I think, in his career at Yankee Stadium. Um, of course, you know, the inside-out swing that he did so well. Um, and, uh, of course, he helped the Yankees win five World Series titles. And in his first six seasons, the Yankees won four, four of those World Series. Um, Derek Jeter, of course, ended up becoming the face of baseball. Like I mentioned, a lot of players have been wearing number two basically because of Derek Jeter because they um you know he was kind of he was an idol he was their idol um kind of like Tula Whiskey and even Xander Bogarts was number two as well but there's quite a few of them that have worn number two and uh I think there's even actually a, a Red Sox prospect he played for the Dodgers but he was traded and and um I think for the Dave in the David Price Mookie Betts trade Jeter Downs who I think might have been named after Derek Jeter. I'm not sure if he was, but I, I think I heard that he was. But and that that's just goes to show you just how great like just just the kind of player Derek Jeter was and just how, how much he was how well liked Derek Jeter was. But anyways, um Derek Jeter he ended up getting his three thousandth hit in two thousand eleven, becoming the um the first Yankee ever to get three thousand hits. Of course, and also in two thousand eight Derek Jeter had broken the Yankee record for most hits in Yankees history, uh, which was held by Lou Gehrig. And, of course, in 2011, like I said, Derek Jeter got his 3,000th hit, which was a home run to left field um, off of David Price. And uh, he, he was actually 5-for-5 five five in that game as well. Um, he ended up with 3,465 hits in his entire career. Uh, 2012 American League Championship Series, this is basically where his career kind of, kind of, um, it, it like he, he really wasn't the same player after the injury in the American League Championship Series against the Tigers in Game One, and really after that that injury, 
you could see like like the Yankees had a little bit of momentum for the 2012 American League Division Series after I think they had beaten the um, the Orioles in five games, I believe. Um, but anyways, so they ended up getting swept by the Tigers. And, uh, and after that, um, Derek Jeter, of course, 2013, he really didn't play a whole lot. I think he played a little bit. He was hurt, and he bounced a little bit back and forth between the injured list and uh, and playing. Um but he ended up coming back eventually in 2014. He didn't play very much in 2013. Um, uh, 2014, of course, that was the Derek Jeter, the farewell tour, I guess they they called it. Um, in Derek Jeter's last game at Yankee Stadium in 2014, um, the bottom of the ninth, he had a walk-off RBI single to the opposite field and uh, scored Antoine Richardson. And and the Yankees won the game, of course, and and um, it was like the it was like the perfect ending, uh, for Derek Jeter's career, the for the for the last hit of his career, which obviously wasn't his last hit, but it was his last hit in Yankee Stadium, and just the fact that he hit the ball the other way, like he did so many times throughout his career, um, that and and that was just so obviously probably another one of his greatest achievements with the Yankees, and it just shows you, um. Shows you how great he was just to be able to come through in the clutch, um, no no matter what, no matter what, like he wanted to help the Yankees win no matter what. Um, and another thing I just wanted to mention was the uh, Fenway Park, his last game at Fenway Park, um, which was an infield hit, and then he had come out of the game. The Red Sox fans gave him the ultimate honor by you know giving him a standing ovation as the Derek Jeter walked off the field at Fenway Park for the last time, and I think that was just kind of a tribute to how great. Derek Jeter, um, this this how classy he was, and just obviously you know Derek Jeter played for the Yankees, the rivals, and the Yankee Red Sox rivalry. Uh, but you know Derek Jeter was a class act, and he never really he never showed anybody up. He, he did things the right way, and I think fans from around the world really appreciate that. Um, then obviously, and even in the Yankee Red Sox rivalry, fans can put that aside and still give Derek Jeter his respect, um, which he definitely deserves. So that's my take on Derek Jeter and why he is the greatest shortstop in Yankees history. And um, also, he's really, I, I would say he's probably, he's definitely right up there among the top shortstops of all time in baseball history, really. I mean, I wouldn't say he's the greatest shortstop in baseball history, but he, he's he's up there. Um, and I think anyone would, would agree with that. Um, and and that's that's a that's a tribute to Derek Jeter himself. But not only how great of a player he was, just how much of a class act he was, and how much fans are going to miss, uh, uh, how much fans are already miss a player like Derek Jeter. Um, but anyways, that's my tribute to Derek Jeter's career. Before I go, I just wanted to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family, with other podcasts like Movie Theater Time Machine, um, Honest Fitness Talk with your trainer Nick, Free Your Geek. Psycho Crime, um, I Watched What, and other YouTubers and uh, streamers as well. So you can feel free to check out www.4041media.com for more information. You can also feel free to email um, Historic Pinstripes if you would like to suggest any future topics that you might want me to do. Um, and the email is historicpinstripes at gmail.com. And as always, everyone, have a great day, and go Yankees! Go Yankees!